Hello, and welcome to another episode of Disneyland Devoted. I am your host, Michelle, and as always, I appreciate you, and I truly, truly mean that when I say that. So this is Sunday, April 18th, and oh my goodness, what an exciting week it has been. So on Friday the 16th, Disneyland did open up its reservation system to set those reservations for the end of the month and beyond. Unfortunately, it's only for California residents, so unfortunately, if you're not a California resident, and lucky you if you are, um, it did absolutely have a uh, lot of interest, and there were very, very long wait times to get that reservation in, but it does appear as though there is a lot of availability. It is at a reduced capacity, and the reservations do go out quite a bit. So just to kind of recap, you you have to make a reservation to go to either one of the parks on the day that you choose. You have to have a ticket to get into the park, and you can only buy or only use um, a ticket if you are a California resident. And then when you go to the park on that day, you have to show proof of residency. So it's uh, really just for that group of people at this moment. It does open on the 30th. I really am so excited. I would love to be there, but not a California resident. So I will have to wait my turn. But as I've been saying week after week, we are at least seeing some movement here. My time will come. I'm anxious for them to open it up, get all the kinks out, get the processes ironed out, see how it goes, get those rides up and going, and just get back to some um, some look of normal, and then hopefully we all can enjoy the park. Um, so before we jump into today's episode, I just want to remind you about the website, DisneylandDevoted.com. Um, you know, I often talk about... Um, sharing your experience with me, your Disneyland experience, but maybe some of you have never been to Disneyland before. And if that's the case, I would love to hear from you about anything around what are you excited about? What are you apprehensive about? What um, what are your thoughts as you get ready to explore Disneyland for the first time? Or maybe you have some budget concerns or whatever. If you've never been or you're new to Disneyland, I'd love to hear from you. Let's talk about whatever is on your mind. And we can do that as part of an episode. We can do that as a guest. We can do that via email. I would love to hear from you. So all of that information on how to reach me and all of that is on the website and always in the description of the episode. I invite you to reach out to me because I welcome any and all questions, comments, and let's get to know each other. So with that, let's move into today's episode. So as I have done periodically, I like to do spotlights. And the truth is I wanted to do a spotlight on California Adventure. And I had already done a restaurant spotlight. I did a spotlight on the Halloween party at Disneyland. And so I was like, okay, let's do an attraction and let's go over to California Adventure But when it came down to it, I just couldn't do a spotlight on an attraction without starting off with my absolute favorite, which is It's a Small World. So I felt like I needed to give that one my first spotlight, and then I would go over to California Adventure. So we are going to talk about It's a Small World. Now here's the 
here's the thing. It is not everybody's jam, right? You either love it or hate it. It's either sentimental to you or it gets on your nerves. I completely and totally respect that it's not everybody's favorite attraction. And I'm okay with that (laughs) because that means you'll be on something else and you'll give me space to get on this attraction. Obviously, it's very, very favorite, uh, very, very popular because it's often got a lot of folks writing it. But let's talk about it. So, it is in Fantasyland. It is kind of at the back of the park. Um, so when you come in through the gates and you go down Main Street, you can go through the castle and go through Fantasyland, like the majority that where most of the rides are. And then you have to veer to the right a little bit and then to the left and straight back. Or at the hub, instead of going through the castle, you can veer to the right and look like you're going towards the Matterhorn. And then it kind of naturally takes a curve to the left. And It's a Small World is in the back there. It's also right before you get to Toontown. Um, so that is that is where it's located. It has an absolute gorgeous facade. It's very, um, it looks like a clock. It, um, it has like scalloped, um, uh, what's the word I want? Scalloped looking like shingles on the outside of it. Everything's very loopy. Um, it's got a big clock that goes off every 15 minutes. And then on the hour, there's like this whole nutcracker production that happens. The song is playing in the background. Um, the topiaries around the facade and where you get on the attraction itself are in all different kind of characters and animals it's so landscaped and it's got such beautiful pastel light bright colors right there I mean that's something that stands out to me I'm not looking at any pictures I'm just going off of when you walk up to it's a small world it's got such a light and bright look about it and you're you're up you know, on the ground level, but to get to the attraction, you go through these, through the, you know, that where you enter to get into the queue line, and then you take these paths that kind of wind down lower, and then you get on boats that hold about, you know, maybe 10 or 12 people. There's like three, four, five rows in a boat, and it holds like two or three people in a row right now when it opens, assuming that it is one of the attractions, I'm not sure. Um, it, you know, they'll probably have spacers, but in the, you know, in the normal day to day, it can hold a lot of people. And so it's boat after boat after boat. And then once you get on the boat, it's like becomes a, it's not a log ride, like in the sense that there's adventure and drops and spins and things like that. It's just a smooth boat ride where you're on water, clearly a track underneath you, but very smooth and you just kind of float along and it's so soothing. So you, you leave the station to get into the ride and the music is playing. That song is in the background. You know, if you're lucky enough, you're there when the clock is going to go off. So you're kind of distracted by that. You're looking at all the topiaries and then you're like entering into the indoor ride. So we're going to come back to the Christmas holiday season in a moment but as you get into the ride if you're not familiar with it's a small world it plays that song and if you don't know that song you can google it but i'm sure you do and it plays it over and over and over again and 
I personally do not mind that. I know that is very difficult for people because it gets in their head, but that is just part of the experience to me. So as you enter into this indoor ride, the thing that stands out to me right away is the temperature. Because if it's hot outside, it's so refreshing inside. If it's cold outside, it's so warm and toasty inside. It's just such the perfect answer to whatever is going on on the outside. So as you enter inside and that song is playing, what you're entering into is this lovely journey through all these different countries and all these different displays of, I'm going to call them dolls. They're figurines that look like dolls that are, that are dressed up and decorated and in a scene that represents the country um, that they're from. And sometimes the lyrics of the song may go into that language, but it's like this lovely representation of all these different countries, Africa, Mexico, United States. You see different things in the United States. Um, you may see like a country scene, Hawaii. Um, you see things that are like out in the jungle. You see all these different, um, you see French, you see Switzerland, you see um, like they're on the Alps, you see Italian, you see like all these different scenes and these dolls are like doing different things that are kind of native to that region. I shouldn't even say country, but native to that, um, wherever that culture is. And the colors are so rich in that attraction. It's so bright in there. It's like lit up like a Christmas tree and it's, the music is playing and it's crisp. It's not like a tinny sound. And all these dolls are very animated so that like they're not fluid like anything's dancing. Like it's definitely some sort of animation. But they do the cutest thing. Like for example, if you've gone by, by the Hawaiian one, they're doing like a hula dance. They're in little grass skirts with coconut bras and they're, they're, they got the lays on and their hips are moving and the music is playing like you can hear the little like, what is that, like a maraca in the background. And it's like that Hawaiian music that you often hear that is like seamlessly interlaced with the It's a Small World song. Like you don't even realize how seamless it changes from lyrics to, you know, maybe something in Spanish to something in English. And when it's the holidays, you know, maybe it, it like, blends into jingle bells like it just happens so effortless effortlessly and you you're meandering through this display of all this culture and it's on the left side it's on the right side you almost don't know where to look there's so much going on but it's so visually appealing it's cute it's whimsical it's so well done it's intricate it's catchy yes it can be a little annoying to hear that song but if you can just get past that and just look at what it's representing and the song about it being it's a small world heaven knows we need that now more than ever and the way one culture blends into the next I mean there's a message there right it's just so awesome and it's just so natural it's like not in your face it's just 
gorgeous. And there's so much to see. I have been on that attraction more than anything else in Disneyland. And I still will find something I never noticed before. And sometimes things get added or changed. And sometimes new characters will pop up. I know people got all upset because they were going to put the characters from Finding Nemo in the ride. And, you know, It's a Small World has been, you know, quite close to its original for so long but as Disney executive said Disneyland is not a museum it is that apparently that came from Walt it is designed to be evolving and just sprinkling in these characters just makes it relevant and ties it in I mean just imagine a child who grew up in you know around Toy Story and then they're going through this wonderful little scene and there's Bullseye and there's Woody and there's Jesse and it just it makes a connection there and then there's the Little Mermaid and then there's Nemo like there's nothing wrong with that because it's sprinkled in throughout that traditional nostalgic Um, scenes that you're used to seeing but then at the holiday season inside is absolutely breathtaking because you have the colors of the season you have the sounds of the season and it's just so again I'm going to keep saying seamlessly effortlessly blended into what you what you're used to seeing but now all of a sudden it's like okay so we're gonna pull out the disney cliches right here it's like a little bit of pixie dust just sprinkled all over the ride and now all of a sudden it's the holidays and it's even more spectacular it's even more colorful it has red and green and blue and it's just absolutely the most delightful attraction ever in my mind it is easy it is a crowd pleaser. It is a kid pleaser. It is an extremely beneficial way to get a 15 minute break in a very climate controlled environment that will be refreshing or warm or cozy. It's so amazing just to sit back and enjoy that. You don't have to do anything but relax as you are meandering through scene after scene and take a moment to look at the craftsmanship that goes into these scenes, these like authentic touches for each of the scenes that they are creating. They're, they're everywhere. Like there's this one scene where you go through and you can see like magic carpets and it looks like, you know, um, Jasmine's up on the magic carpet looking down in Aladdin and it's just Oh, just absolutely beautiful. I, could you tell? I absolutely love that attraction. I will always love that attraction. I have said this in many, many episodes. I don't do it every time because I cherish it. I do it a lot, but I don't do it every time. I definitely do it in the holiday season. I definitely do it if I haven't been in the parks for a while. Like obviously when I get back, I will go to It's a Small World, but maybe the next one or two times I won't. Um, Because I cherish it so much, I don't want to do it every time. Now, once you go through that 15 minutes of all that beautiful splendor, when you come back out, it's the same thing where you're going by the beautiful facade. But at Christmas time, those topiaries and the actual building itself have so many lights. I don't even know how there could be any electricity left for anyone else outside of Anaheim between the castle and all the other lights Disneyland has. But It's a Small World has a ton of lights. And to see everything lit up. So here's my recommendation to you. 
definitely see it in the daytime because it's nice to see the beautiful building and the the all the topiaries and the 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 manicured landscaping and the boats and just kind of get a feel of what the outside of it looks like because the inside doesn't change whether it's day or night but then do ride it again at night so that you can get the twinkly lights and the the building lit up and it just makes it feel so um, so whimsical at night, so you want to get both those experiences. Another way to experience it at night is either by the Matterhorn. No, not the Matterhorn. I mean, that would be nice. You can see it. But the uh, monorail and the train, because both of them will give you a different view of it. So you can see it like in an elevated view. The train kind of comes behind it. So you don't, you do get one section where you can see it nicely. It's not the best view, but it is nice to see um, all the people coming into the attraction, you get to hear the song and you get to see like the backside of the building. So that's worth it. But the monorail has an elevated view that kind of goes right by it. So you get to see that. And at night, it would be beautiful. In the daytime, it's beautiful. At Christmas time, it's beautiful. So there's a couple ways to actually see how beautiful that is without actually going on the attraction. Now, because it has those boats and a lot of them, it moves pretty quickly. While you can have really long wait times, in general, it moves pretty fast. I am a big fan of going to those bigger attractions first thing in the morning or after the parade at night um, or the fireworks and the parade if there's one at night because that's usually uh, when people start to exit so you get onto these attractions a little bit faster. But if you're interested there's a suggestion for you especially the holidays. Now in the past it's a small world would stay um, decorated for the holidays well past when the rest of the attractions um, and the park would be decorated. So it, like it extended like maybe another week or two, which was a great benefit if you didn't get an opportunity to experience it during the holidays or you want to experience it again. So I am obviously in the camp of I absolutely love this attraction. It That song will get stuck in your head. Your kids will probably sing it over and over again. You will hate me forever. But I personally never, ever ever get sick of this attraction so i hope you enjoyed this quick little spotlight on my absolute favorite attraction i've loved it since i was four years old i'm a heck of a lot older than four it's still very very special to me and i hope that if you haven't had an opportunity to write it you will take that time and if you are in the camp of It's a Small World, I would love to hear from you. I'm going to put a form question out on the website. I would love to hear your opinions of it. It's okay if you don't love it. I completely understand that, but I would still love to hear from you either way. So with that, I'm going to wrap this up. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. I hope you have a terrific week. You're staying safe and healthy, and if you are one of the lucky people to get a reservation and get on property or get set to get on property into the month, I would love to hear from you as well. Kudos to you. I cannot wait to live vicariously through all of you. So until the next time, bye.